0: There once was a pig who sang to the moon, and they sang such a sweet and lively tune. Um, <laughs>
1: You're telling me a pig sang to this moon?
0: I'm telling you, vegan sea shanties are going to be huge. I'm writing my own. This is going to be great. It's going to be great. Whatever you say, man. Aye, it's the belly of the great white pig. Aye. Hmm. <laughs> <Aye. laughs> Well,
1: McLean? Jake, why did you Go. call this Rexash here?
0: What's going yeah, on? Yeah, what? What made you call this Rexash? What made me call the Rexash? Uh, many things. <laughs> One thing, Carol Adams. Carol J. Old, old gooseberries. Um, Well, I'll backtrack a bit. So this, the, I, I've been eating carbs for a couple weeks, and I felt like absolute garbage. You, you know how it is when that Taco Bell hits your guts at two in the morning. Oof. Oh, yeah. I'm
1: intimately familiar.
0: Oh, yeah. So I'm like, what am I doing to myself? What is, what am I, this is just self-abuse, man. So you know how vegans will go on juice cleanses? I went on a, I'm on a beef cleanse right now. Eating <clears throat> only, only, only beef. And <clears throat> I feel great. <laughs> Fixed up the problems. And, uh, yeah, I'm doing fine. So, you know, foreseeable future, I'm back on the, uh, the carnivore only meat bandwagon. And, uh, it reminded me, though, of Carol J. Adams friend of ours, and uh I just thought, you know, it's time to check in on her. A while back, I had discovered that old Carol, she uh she's written more than just the three books we're familiar with, McLean. Now those three you could consider to be the main canon. They're like the original Star Wars trilogy, McLean. (laughs) You know? Um the thing is though all of her other books, they just They don't quite live up, man, and I'm really sad about it. I'm really sad about it. I've got three of them here in front of me. (laughs) We're just gonna look at all three of them right now, because, you know, these don't deserve their own episodes, because they're just so sadly inferior to her other works. I mean, I do think it's good to check in on Carol every once in a while, see what's cooking in that brain of hers. But uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm very disappointed in these, her lesser known works. Anyway. We've got, uh, I'll leave first off with, uh, I don't even want to read from this one, it's so boring. Even vegans die. You're telling uh, me this one's boring. I- I know. Here's the problem. I was reading this. Even Vegans Die. It's a, it's a book about... It's like one of the... It's, it's a very basic book about, like, grieving and accepting the fact that you will die someday. And like, hey, maybe you should have a will. Hey, don't be a jerk to people when they get cancer and stuff like that. But it's all from the perspective of, I'm a vegan, and I thought this diet was going to make me live forever, but somehow I still got heart disease. <laughs> I, I will say, I do love this book. Mainly because it shatters the whole, like, oh, it shatters the whole meat eaters. Eating meat is what causes heart disease. But in the book, it's like, well, yeah, you can still get heart disease if you don't eat meat. It's like, well, then, does eating meat really cause heart disease, Carol? But, yeah, even vegans die, McClane. a very no, sad no, realization. Jake,
1: before, we, before we get too far into the Carol Adams lore, I do have to reveal that, actually, I'm... Um, since we last discussed the subject, uh, Carol's work has had a profound effect on me. And uh, I secretly converted to veganism. Not not too long you ago. You too? I was lying about that whole beef thing. I'm all yeah, about well, the vegan. Well, the thing was, you know, I was I was on board. I was very enthusiastic. You know, I realized that animals were people too. And all that. So I was very excited. Until I tried vegan food and it tastes like, well, garbage. Dog water, actually. Um, so... what what I did find out was that Oreos were vegan, and apparently well, first off, Oreos are tasty, everyone knows that.
0: McLean's hung up on me, so let's get this call going again. I gotta hear the end of this Oreos story. Uh, I blame you. Continue with your Oreo story, though. I'm very fascinated to hear about that. Not my fault, but yeah,
1: so Oreos, everyone knows Oreos are really tasty, Uh, and so those being the only tasty vegan food I could find um, long story short, I have been eating only Oreos for the past two years.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah?
1: Yeah, are you, are, which are is great. you
0: good about fighting that heart disease, McLean?
1: I am feeling great. Uh, unfortunately, I have also uh, secretly been living in this hospital clinic uh, for about, mm, almost as long as I've been eating Oreos. It, it, uh, it was fast. It was fast, uh, how long I, you know, from when I switched to the diet to when I needed to live in a hospital. Um, now I've refused a lot of their care, uh, because one, uh, I'm 700 pounds and it's almost impossible for them to put a, a needle in my arm
0: that I mean, and wanting to provide you medical care is fat phobic because they assume you need medical care just yep, by looking at yep, your that
1: too that calling. too. But also because most of the medication is not vegan. Uh, and so... Uh, the doctor says I have about an hour and a half to live uh, as of right now. Um, but you know, I don't do it for me. I didn't One do this for my own health.
0: before you pass. <laughs>
1: I did to do this for my health, I did it for the animals. And so I thought to myself, how, how would I like to spend the last 90 minutes of my life? And I said, you know what? Advocating, using my platform on Westbros to advocate for the better treatment of animals. So, uh,
0: Speaking of uh, vegans dying, McLean, I just... Oh, I just what's before that, JK? I can't hear you over my EKG machine right. <laughs> losing its mind. <laughs> before we hit record, I liked up Carol Adams real quick. And I almost had a heart attack because I saw Carol J. Adams obituary, but it was it was a different Carol Adams, so it was very mm. <laughs> it was a tense moment, man.
1: Of course, of course. I can um, only imagine. Oh, that's
0: what I was gonna say. I think even Vegans Die, the main reason why it's probably the one of the most boring of Carol's books. It was co written with like three other people. So starting to think maybe they sort of filtered a bit more of the crazy out.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I imagine so.
0: Carol Adams, Patty Brightman, Virginia Messina, and Dr. Michael Greger, who wrote the forward. You know Dr. Michael Greger, that's that neurotic, pale, like oddly yellow, freakish skeleton looking dude who's always who's always trying to tell you about all this all this all this vegan science that's coming out and all this research and the studies. So you and i I give you the evidence so you don't have to look at it. I don't know if you're as well versed in the lore of uh, YouTube vegans as I am, but uh, he's a, he's a funny one, Michael Crager. <laughs> author of the book, by the way, How Not to Die, and he wrote the forward to Even Vegans Die, and so he says, "Wait, what?" The author of How Not to Die is writing a forward to a book called Even Vegans Die. Yes, and here's why. So my book is titled <laughs> How Not to Die, not How to Not Die. So everyone dies, I you, I'm veganism just gives you the best chance at not dying sooner. Because, be- uh. so the, their claim. By the way, I, I want to sidetrack on this real quick, and then we can go into the next Carol Adams book. The claim that vegans live longer, is it's a pernicious one, and there's a reason for this. Actually, there's a reason why this myth won't die. Um, uh, oh, no, no. <laughs> Sorry this is a different study that found that vegans and vegetarians have worse physical health, mental health and quality of life uh, and they're hi- more likely to get cancer. Oh so that's that's the thing. Sorry that's what I was going to say is um a lot of this is because the vegan thing, the problem with with the studies about oh vegans live longer with the meat eaters is they don't they, they all these studies epidemiology first of all junk science. Second of all, they don't filter out the, uh, the like for like comparison so like vegans are more likely to also do other things like not smoke uh, exercise, like all, all these other things that will contribute to not getting cancer but once once you filter that out and compare vegans and meat eaters who have the same lifestyles other than that the vegans do so much worse it is not even close um I was trying to find a specific article but I can't find it, this is annoying but uh Yeah. Anyway. Not the point. So that was- That's- That's a basic overview of Even Vegans Die. I don't even want to read from it. It's that boring. It's just not- I think there was- Hold on. There was one, like, little bit about, um... It's simply impossible to take the judgment out of the terms obese and overweight. Even when used without any intention of judging, there's a pejorative aspect to the words. They convey the idea that there's something wrong with your body. that you are different from the norm, from what is healthy and ideal. Now, now, why why would anyone think that about being obese? Why would anyone think that that is unhealthy or different from the norm? I have no idea why. Uh... Anyway, uh, going on about stigmatizing fatness and that you shouldn't, you shouldn't stigmatize, like, not all vegans are going to be skinny guys. Yeah, yeah, just because
1: I happen to be 800 pounds, I gained 100 since the last time I mentioned my weight five minutes ago, uh, doesn't mean you should stigmatize me.
0: Uh, And then that's followed up with a section on even vegans get heart disease.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> it's just it's just funny to me. It's like just this cold little piece of okay guys, I know how we said vegan diet was like even, eater, lo- even non-smokers cancer, get lung cancer, Jake. Like I know how we told you that going eating only plants like you would never get cancer, like Alzheimer's not a chance. This book is just like a whole long like Yeah, that's probably still gonna happen. Everybody gets these things, whether they're vegan or not. It's like sort of soft soft selling the bad news, but it is funny to me, like, the, the way they say it, it's not that veganism doesn't prevent this. It's that, oh no, everybody gets that. Everyone gets Alzheimer's cancer. That's inevitable. That's just gonna happen. It's like, eh, I don't know. Maybe if you weren't eating refined grains and carbs, but that's just me. Um, <laughs> I'm putting that one aside. Even vegans die. Kind of a letdown. Sorry, Carol. And I pull up the book, Burger, by Carol J. Adams. Now this book is unique. Uh, it's part of a series called object lessons in which each book is written by a different author it's like short little essays on like everyday items about the history of them and for some reason they tapped Carol to write about burgers so most of the book is about mm. the history of the burger it's not interesting at all um, <laughs> it's about the history of the burger and then she works in the stuff about the sexual politics of meat and how like it's it's like eating women. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Chapter four, uh, no, 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 no. I've heard
1: all that before. That's 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 not yeah. even crazy
0: anymore. That does that does nothing, you know. Anyway, but what I'm really the, the the part of this book that I do find interesting is that the second half of the book is all about veggie burgers, fucking <laughs> vegan burgers. Um, actually, hold on. Let me look this up real quick. I'm gonna look something up real quick because I've I've long I've long had a theory about this, and I just want to confirm it. The vegans back in the '90s um, really <laughs> was re- they were really up on uh, mad cow disease. I don't know if you remember this, um, mm, but this like- sounds very familiar. Yeah, and when, when I was a kid, I remember hearing a lot about mad cow disease. But uh, yeah, because it was it was it was the thing of its day where people were freaking out about it. Extremely rare. Um, Hold on a second. Mad cow disease. And it was really, really overblown in the media. The vegans thought they had something though. It's, it was like, yeah, we raised cows. And then mad cow, it's like, it's like, I mean, it's like the same, the same reasoning they have of humans ate bats and that's what caused COVID. Eating animals is killing us. That nonsense. Um, uh, let's see, let's just jump into the carol here. Being disembodied, hamburgers lack the ability to remind us that cows breathe, eat, defecate, and as ruminants, Carol, eruptions. I've heard all
1: this before. Come on.
0: Er- I get it. I don't know of- that the, the meat is an animal. Eruptions of what is involved in the burgeriness of the hamburger, the cow eating the brains of the other cows, the cow eating food that could go to humans, the cow defecating and burping occur, but nobody cares. Eric Schlosser showed in Fast Food Nation how there's S in your meat. Fecal... Ma- so... Fascination. I read that thing in middle school and I am so annoyed that I did now as an adult looking back and I'm realizing that thing was just manipulation, man. It, it talked about like slaughterhouse stuff at the turn of the century and it, and it just drummed up like these things where it's like, yeah, it's probably made up by a newspaper for shock value. of Like, oh, a guy fell in the meat grinder and they didn't even fish him out. They just served people. <laughs> I, uh, I don't even remember. What's his like, face? That. like that. Sinclair
1: Lewis. Upton Sinclair, my bad. I always get that. I always get
0: that confused. Upton Sinclair, that communist. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, fast food nation was just the, the whole goal of that book, which is just to gross you out about fast food. And then there was Super Size Me, the documentary with Morgan Spurlock. So what he did was he just ate only McDonald's for a month until he got sick. <laughs> but he's he's a he, he did it because turns out he's vegan. So or or, or at least his he's, girlfriend so, was vegan. Yeah. But so she talks about that. Uh, but anyway, fears of blah, 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 blah. Pew, dee, 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 dee. The modern success of the hamburger, as it's located in the consumer practices, uh, displaces whatever, discon- whatever discontinu- discontinu- discontinuities various identity crises might prompt. Moreover, modernity favored grand narratives, and what a grand narrative is—this is postmodernism junk, man—and what a grand narrative has had in the hamburger, especially when it ignores the federal subsidies and monopolies propping up the hamburger. I'm sick of big burger, man. Grand it's narratives. That's what, post-modern, that's what postmodernism calls like claims to objective reality or like shared truth. Grand and narratives, and there's no legit ones. None of them are legitimate. It's all garbage. It, Is the hamburger an exhausted modernist relationship to space, human-animal relationships, and food, with its hierarchy of control, its mastery of non-human animals, and the Earth? If the hamburger is the unsustainable solution to protein delivery, what could take its place? Well, we we know it's unsustainable, guys. We just know that. Cow farts are killing the planet. We're all gonna die. Mommy Earth is crying every time you eat beef. the veggie burger like the hamburger the veggie burger has conflicting origin stories a 2014 article traced the meatless burger only as far as 1982 but it's been around since at least 1955 and the, there's a scene in the seven year itch that had a scene in a vegetarian restaurant with a soybean hamburger what would a soybean burger of the mid 50s have contained uh probably so from the, up until I don't know. up until I think like maybe 70s 80s soy was still considered like not supposed to be food for humans like the the average man on the street would go soy that's disgusting why would you feed that to human beings plastic and so like it was it was a joke back then because there's only like wackos and cranks and like who was it who was it? Henry Ford Henry Ford was obsessed with (laughs) soybeans we're gonna turn this industrial product into food guys it's gonna be great If an early definition of a veggie burger might have been something a vegetarian eats that no one else wants to, then the history of the veggie burger is tied to the history of the vegetarian. The 1956 book Soybeans for Health suggested soybean burgers were part of the answer to population growth, land scarcity, and health. Anytime someone brings up the the population crisis, like overpopulation, I just immediately discount anything they say after that. They will shove the most anti-human, damaging, evil policies down on you if they think they're doing it for the greater good, man. It's like, no, we just gotta kill half the planet, it's fine, we'll just feed people soy, it'll be fine. But the 3rd Avenue Vegetarian Restaurant in the 7 Year Itch is portrayed as an environment for cranks, not social justice activists. Everyone eating at the restaurant is shown to be dowdy or elderly with bodies that definitely would not cause traffic to stop if one was standing above a grate in a white dress. I wonder why. I wonder why the people eating at the vegetarian restaurant look kinda kinda bony and not very attractive. (laughs) I wonder why. It's a mystery we'll never know the answer to. <clears throat> Vegetarian is equated to a wacky cause in this film. In, the in, in her 1945 book on the soybean, in which she describes the soybean's potential role in food, flour, oil, clothing, medicine, and cosmetics, Mildred Lager observes, For years I have enjoyed the distinction of being classed as a bit queer, a food crank because I was interested in soybeans as a human food. Yeah, if you were going around in 30s, 40s, 50s, say people should be eating soybeans, people were like, "Wait, some kind of cur- what? What, what kind of wacko are you?" Hey, you know that thing that we make cosmetics and plastics and, and industrial stuff out of? We should be eating that. McLean, are you still there? I am still here. Sorry, I'm. Uh...
1: You have a heart attack here for a second? <laughs> I just uh, slipped into a quick coma. Nothing. <laughs> it happens basically every day, so it's no big deal.
0: Ah, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> anyway, she goes on about how there's this stereotype about soy burgers being only for cranks. Um, but then she goes into uh, the, the the stuff from the turn of the century where um, the the, the Seventh-day Adventists and the... Who are the other ones? Was it, um... Oh, there's another one. It was Seventh-day and, uh, let's see here. I don't remember now. Shoot, it's terrible of me. We talked about them. But anyway, the religious groups at the turn of the century who, because Ellen White claimed to have a vision, a meat is gross and icky, don't eat it, guys. She goes into, like, the recipe books that came out of that. Um, and it's like, so, yeah, it, it, anyway. Oh, yeah, she talks about Ellen White, founder of Seventh-day Adventism. Oddly enough, though, only half of Seventh-day Adventists are vegan now, which is, which is like, come on, guys. You, just, you can't just halfway commit, come on. It uh, goes into the history of, uh, you know, the fourteen pound block of bean curd, tofu, <laughs> tofu turkeys, that kind of stuff. Um, soybean production, Seventh Day Adventist developments. Yeah, it's not. It's kind of boring. It's like I know, I know that it's written by Carol Adams, and Carol Adams is a nut. And like the, and, and the book is about. It, it does obviously, you know, imply that veganism is like the moral choice. But like, it's just kind of boring, man. And I'm just disappointed about it. I really am. I'm sorry, man. Just the history of soy and burgers and stuff we've already talked about. And, you know. Oh, it goes on to the early days of Beyond Meat. Which, by the way, we still have yet to taste test Beyond Meat on Westeros. We, we've had Tofurky on West I think I think we need to taste test some Beyond Meat at some point. Absolutely. We need to cook some up for, like, maybe a 4th of July episode or something. You know, I'm a fan.
1: Especially since it doesn't have that hot dog patriotism.
0: Oh, don't even make- Don't even remind me of hot dog patriotism, dude. gosh, I can't think of nothing worse for a society. Speaking of which, I was just, I ate like a whole uh, 8-pack of hot dogs last night, and I was still hungry afterwards. I'm like, I could give Joey Chestnut a run for his money, as long as buns weren't part of the equation. The buns are what slow you down, man. That's the X-Factor. People think hot dog eating contest, they think you need a bunch of meat. Nah, it's the buns. Those are what slow you down, man. It's the carbs. It's the, it's the, it's the lead weight in your stomach. And now we're on to the third book. Now, McLean, Carol J. Adams... Uh, I'm sure I'm sure you know this by now, but she graduated with a Master of Divinity from Yale, or a Master of uh, Theology? Yeah, Master of Divinity from I uh, Yale University. I did not know that. And she's taught at Perkins School of Theology. Now, I'm, I have to. Uh, so, that place she went to school, you know, i not exactly known for. uh well just say Master of Divinity can basically mean anything these days. Yeah,
1: that sounds about right.
0: Uh, it's yeah, it's not good. It's not good the state of the high-end Christian colleges these days. Vaguely religious, and her husband is a uh, reverend. Um, he, his church, I looked it up because I was curious about this. His church was in Dallas. He re- retired recently. Um, where did it go? See, this is why I only visit the
1: Universalist Unitarians.
0: Yeah, Reverend. Me Bruce and uh, me and he was Steve a, Allman. Presbyterian Church in Dallas, Texas. And I was looking at the website, and it's like, eh, pretty normal Presbyterian type stuff. But then they have a whole, like, but like, the main thing they seem focused on over there is Black, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> like, that's hmm. their main thing. And I was like, huh, interesting. And then Carol... <sighs> Carol, Carol, Carol. Um... There's a certain type of person, you know, the spiritual but not religious, like the people who believe in God, but like it's a they, they view it as a as a force. They don't they don't necessarily like you know how God said all these things in the Bible? Well, I don't like them, therefore God probably didn't mean it. And because God is love, then God must like whatever perverted weird thing I'm into. So, that was so funny God how would that obviously brief me for that. Yeah, well, Carol's all about, as we saw in uh, Pornography and me. she's all about the LGBT rights. She's a huge abortion advocate, too. She, uh, I sent you a picture of her from, like, the 70s, of her holding this giant abortion uh, banner. She wasn't exactly a lurker back then, either. I hate to bring looks into her. Hey, boo, irrelevant. Oh, that's the other thing I sent you. I forgot about that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the vegans. I, I, a while back in our slash vegan, they were we were reading posts where they were like, "Yo, you claim that soy has estrogen, but I can't think of anything more estrogen filled than mammalian milk." <laughs> and I just there's this chart showing like, you know, soy content in foods or sorry, estrogen content in foods. Beef it's like 2 NG, I don't know what kind of measurement that is. Milk is like 15. Soy flour, 342 this like million. The, this is like saying the, the, the whole football is gay argument by
1: Steve. It's just, you're calling me a soy boy now. It's the same thing. It's
0: Yeah, but they're, they're claiming that, oh, but you, you drink dairy products. Those have estrogen. The amount of estrogen in that stuff is just so minimal. It's like infinitesimal. Then you look at soy flour and tofu, 51 million NG, whatever that means. Uh, nanograms, I don't know, but uh, yeah. Anyway, it's just it's it's amazing. You can't oh, defend the defend the estrogen. I love throwing by half truths out boy. there. I love throwing out half truths out there. You know, it just really helps my case. But that's what I was saying. So Carol, she's uh, she she's a believer in God. I'm not exactly sure what that means though. <laughs> hey. so I don't wanna- Sorry. I don't Susan, wanna make fun of this too much, but it is a little I don't know that Carol has the most robust theology outside of just like this idea of God, say. it's just this force out there. She has a master's in divinity, Jake. I'm sorry, I forgot. Show um, me your show me your degree. Look, far be it for me to question another person's faith, but when you write a book entitled Prayers for Animals, I have questions.
1: I'm not questioning, I just have things I'd like to ask. This whole book is uh prayers. Prayers. you keep uh, you talking keep... I have to uh, I have to roll down the uh, hospital hospital room here and go demand some more ice chips.
0: Right. <laughs> this be right whole back. book is just full of prayers to God about animals. Not none about people, about animals. About 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 ending the cruel treatment of animals and ending eating them and like as if Yeah, animals, people, same thing. Um, just gosh dang it. Like, th- this one. Help me as I pray for the fur wearer, the scale bearer, the feathered and prickly spine. Oh, God of dogs and God of cats, God of all beings, thank you for the love that we share. It's like, I, mean, I don't really want to make fun of it, but at the same time, the book's all about praying for animals. And, like, I just feel like that shouldn't be the center of your theology. Ah, uh, yeah. It's just odd to me. Like all, all the prayers are all about, I'm praying for the animals. I'm praying for those beginning to breathe and ending their breath. Those alone and in herds. Those ill and those healthy. Dear God, I heard, an, I heard about an animal in trouble. Yet I am so far away from this animal. I'm stricken by his suffering and saddened by my own powerlessness. I cannot save this animal, but I can pray for this animal's safety. It's just really... Off. Um... This is... Oh. I thought these were all prayers to God. Hold on. Tell me, Coyote, of the loss of your home to bulldozers, of how you have survived, and where you can hide from iron lay traps, you sing, oh Coyote, I am listening. Tell me, Turkey, of your stressful confinement, of how you cry when your beak is sliced with a blade, and how you thrash and strain and flail against death, you sing, oh Turkey, and I am listening. I think Carol has this view of God. It's just like this vague like universe thing. She actually she says it, I think in the introduction, this idea that, you know, we're all one. Everything in the universe is part of one whole. We are all one. And so the chickens are like part of God and they're part of me. So I'm praying to the chickens and to God. It's all a bunch of woo-woo nonsense. And frankly, yeah. Um you know, this might make more sense if I read the forward to you. When something troubles me, I have two choices. I can take it to God in prayer. Reasonable, or take it to God by encountering God through the created world. Um, yeah, g- kind of, maybe. Um, I-, I can see like going out into nature to be close to God, cause it gets you, you know, away from distractions, and you can you can focus on on on, on talking to Him. And oh, in particular, I can take what troubles me to God or to the ducks. When I take my troubles to the ducks, I take them to several kinds of ducks who live year-round at Cottonwood Park. There, they are busy with their lives. The early blah, blah 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 long paragraph about what the ducks are doing and other animals. The seen world announces that we share life on this earth with a diversity of beings. When I take my troubles to God, I take them to the friend, the comforter, the one who heals. Okay? There are probably millions of names for the unseen. All of them to an extent inadequate, yet each name acknowledges an eternal truth. God is the one who listens to our prayers. Prayer is an act of engagement with that which is beyond our understanding, yet something continually present to us. And, well, it's an act of engagement with God, not, not just engaging with anything that's beyond your confidence. God, it's a specific thing. Um, prayer connects us to the sources of our suffering and the source of our healing. Everyone who loves an animal can grow through praying, a uh, prayer is a creative act links us to the creator and to creation through prayer we are one with all of God's creatures prayer is where the love of God and the love of animals the unseen and the seen meet together something's a little off here Carol theologically something's a little bit off can't quite put my finger on it but I'm starting to get the feeling you be talking to me about manifesting soon People often feel deep emotions in response to the lives of animals. Learning of one's animal one animal suffering or many animals suffering may touch us very deeply. Sometimes we do not want to be that deeply touched because we know how much it hurts to care about another suffering. Praying for animals allows us to unbreak imagine if these vegans cared about humans even half as much as they care about pigs. Just imagine, man. What a world we live in. Praying for animals allows us to unburden ourselves of these feelings by sharing them. People who care about other animals suffering often feel powerless. Prayer transforms powerlessness. Connects us with the oneness of creation. Prayers of activism all touch the created order. The oneness of creation. Something's off. <laughs> Look, I'm no reverend, alright? I, I, didn't, I didn't graduate from the Old divinity School. I don't have a master's in theology. Something's a little bit off. Prayer shapes charge in the pottery. Prayer allows inward change, because it makes us open to a spirit. A spirit that becomes available to us as we pray. Praying reminds us, we, the seen and the unseen, are one. Yeah, something's out there, Carol. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on board. I'm gonna, I'm gonna politely decline, um... Creator, I begin here because I worship you, I worship the animals in you, I worship you and the animals. Because I worship you, Creator, I want to worship the anteaters, armadillos, ardvars, and anguatamibos. Yes, and then I will worship the bats, bandicoots, baboons, the beavers, the ba- I'm only beginning, there are camels, caribou, I worship the dogs, ducks. Do- Pretty sure you're not supposed to be worshipping the creation. You're supposed to be worshipping the creator. And that those are two separate things. And that you're just combining them into one ball. Because you believe in... Yeah, I think... Isn't that the universalist thing? It's like, God is the creation. I think that's what Carol's going for here. And, uh... It's it's just... Yeah. Worshipping you and the animals. I worship the animals and you. I want to worship the birds and the fish. I want to worship the narwhals and Nyla. I worship the pigeons, the platypus, the possums. I worship the... Yeah, interesting. Interesting. This is such a like a nineties Oprah Winfrey type of thing too. I mean, yeah, it's still going on these days, but, like, that's 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 where it really, like, that woo-woo type of Christianity, where it's, like, there's not really a, a set of, like, rule. There's, God doesn't have expectations of me. He doesn't have, like, it's like, oh, uh, I want to do this thing, but, you know, God doesn't like it. Nah, no, it doesn't exist in this version of Christianity. In this version, God is just pure love. It's What they really want to do is worship the earth, and then they slap God on top of it. They want to worship their own feelings and themselves, and they just slap God on top of it. That's what I feel like is happening here. Anyway, I didn't... I'm not intending to just become a theological podcast or anything, but it's just... It just bugs me. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, praise about the... uh Uh-huh. Here's a prayer about elephants who die. And, like, I'm so sad that elephants die. Yeah. Kind of seems like this isn't really about God. Kind of seems like it's about worshiping the creation over the creator. Just kind of, she kind of seems like that. Hmm, just a thought, anyway. Uh, oh God, when I think of the love each baby needs, I think of calves. I am so saddened that calves are taken from their mothers. Why do we do this? Why do we kill caregiving? Why do we see ourselves as more important than a calf and his mother? I'm go out on a limb here. I'm pretty sure God regards humans as actually being more important than cows. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure when he said he made man in his image that actually meant something, Carol? i <laughs> just... I don't know. What do I know? You know, I didn't, I didn't go to Yale Divinity School, what do I know? I cannot comprehend 20 billion animals just de- dis- destined to be eaten. Can you? For what? I would not... Because God gave us animals to eat them, Carol. That's why. <laughs> I would not want to lose my home, God. I would not want to be born to be eaten. Yeah, it's a good thing you're a human being and not an animal. You were, you were created for a different, different thing there, Carol. Um, sometimes I think we need to learn what pity means. What repentance means. Oh, Carol. Yeah, they're they're all like this about about. Oh God! Oh no! Brother chimpanzee, at this moment I am holding you close. Brother bonobo, sister mangabe, I pray for you. Brother macaque, sister gibbon, I pray for your habitats. Brother mandrill, sister gorilla, I pray for your families. Brother monkey, sister ape, I pray. Go on, Carol. The monkeys are not our brothers and sisters. This I'm gonna be harsh here. You know what? and I I'm not your pastor, I'm not your reverend husband, but I think I, I know I know just enough about the Bible to say monkeys are not our brothers and sisters. You know what? I'm drawing the line there, Carol. this is right, I'm, I'm done with this book. I'm done. <laughs> just so silly. Carol, you've wasted your life. Oh you poor woman. Oh, Carol. anyway. I just think it's good to check in on Carol every once in a while. Speaking of Carol, by the way, I found an article from 2020 where uh, she was very upset. So there's this uh, feminist vegan slogan going around called hashtag moo2. Uh, first off, to. first hashtag, hashtag Moo2. I would like to, uh,
1: I'd like to apologize. This is perhaps my most inattentive episode of Westbrook's Bros to date. Uh,
0: <clears throat> but I certainly hope... While you were gone there, you were praying for Brother Bonobo. No, I mind. was
1: i was going to say, in Carol's defense, I pray to my ducks all the time. Uh, my skucks.
0: My skork skucks!
1: <laughs> that's right. Brother Bonobo. <laughs> Jake, I'm going to start calling you Brother Bonobo. I hope that's okay. Thank
0: you, Sister Mandrill.
1: <laughs> Mandrill.
0: Uh, uh, you know, I'm the crazy so, thing okay. is, I can't think of, like... There's
1: <laughs> like, what major religions are vegan, anyway?
0: Uh, I think there's like the... Seventh-day Adventist? You know, the wrong ones, mm-hmm. first of all. Second of all, it's like Eastern ones, mostly. Uh, they're not vegan, though. They're vegetarian, so, you know.
1: And I don't think they pray to each individual animal. And I feel like Carol really missed a lot of animals.
0: Brother sea Slug... I don't Slug, think uh, Carol really has a solid grasp on, on Christianity. I, Sister Amoeba. Tells me. Uh... So, th- I was beginning to read this article about hashtag Moo2 and Carol's problem with it, which basically boils down to just nonsensical rambling about, oh, the absent referent, you, you're treating animals as if they're a subset of feminism, but we're equal to the animal, blah, 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 blah. You know, you know the old Christian saying we are equal to the animals? Brother bacteria, sister COVID, COVID germs. <laughs> what I love about this article, though, McLean, other than hashtag Moo2, which I'm going to start saying often, Who's a photo Mushu. of Carol in her office? Her office is an interesting place, McLean. Oh, I sure, I'm sure it is. Um, there's there's some big boxes behind there labeled uh, "Sexual Politics of meat, "Pornography of meat, like, basically, yeah, you know, some like big there's file a, uh, stuff she used for those books. McDonald's wrapper sticking out of the uh, garbage can. Yeah, she has a. Uh, she- you know the photos of, like, the funny sayings on t-shirts she had in pornography? I mean, she's got a few of those, like, shirts with those hanging around the office. She's got, like, dioramas of things. Um... Uh, and a little like cardboard cut out of Frankenstein's monster. Because remember Frankenstein's monster is vegan. But I think the best part about this picture, and we just heard about how about how how, how much of a Christian Carol is and how she uh, she's she's real she's married to a Reverend McLean. She's a faith leader. So you know you gotta she graduated from Yale Divinity. She has a master in theology. She knows a lot about uh, Christianity, McLean. Uh, she has this sticker up on her uh, filing cabinet behind her. Where's the messiah when we need her? Uh I don't know. I'm just starting to think maybe I'm not gonna go to Carol for my like theological wisdom and advice. In their in their own little world. Oh well. I just thought it'd be nice to check in on Carol, but uh you know. If you'll excuse me, um I didn't read the cheese facts today, so I'm gonna go get some cheese from my fridge and eat it. Hopefully, I, I'm hoping I, I, like, stumble on the cheese facts written on, like, a post-it note somewhere uh, on the way to the kitchen so this doesn't happen, <laughs> but, 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 here I go. Aw, oh, man. McLean, maybe if you- Do you <laughs> Sorry. McLean, if you remember the cheese facts, can you recite them to me? Maybe you can stop me from committing this heinous act. Um, uh, pus. That's all I got. Ah, it's
1: not, not enough. I'm sorry. There
0: we go. I was just kidding. I wasn't getting cheese. I was just putting my glass away. Ah, whew. I oh. tricked you good. Oh, thank I would God, that, McLean. I've memorized the cheese. Thank sheep. think thank think think puppies. Thank uh, animals. Slash Vistopia posted three days ago by user Six Leslie. We're human, at least. This is just a thought I have every day for years now. I think it would be good to get it out. I'm thankful this human body gives protection. As S as other humans treat me, I have a privilege of looking slash being human, which means even terrible people hesitate to be as cruel to me as they would be to non-human people. <laughs> non-human people. It's an instinctual bias. I'm just as useless as farmed animals. It's only the human body. That's the only reason I'm not in a slaughterhouse. Only, it shouldn't be only, but to normies it's everything. They put so much into an effing shallow shell, willingly staying like a caveman, knowing the few who were kind to me would have no problem, paying for me to be tortured until eventually they slit my throat if I had hooves or claws instead of hands. It's almost like... It's almost like, I know I just read that book by Carol, but it's almost like humans and animals are two different types of creatures with two different types of moral requirements around them. Anyway, that's just a thought. Um, I'd suffer just the same. It's not what they care about. They don't care about people. They care about bodies. If they cared about people, they'd be vegan because other animals are people too. <laughs> what? This is the hottest take I've ever seen on our Dystopia. Instead, it's just bodies. Kindness is everything, but it's so shallow. I'll accept it because I can't be ungrateful, but I'm always thinking about in the back of my head how shallow and fake they are. I can't wait to become vegan, McLean. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> Having a blast. Uh, response by always banned vegan I often think about this too how life on earth is just a lottery how I'm disgustingly privileged by just being part of a certain species oh boy if I wow. said
1: they uh <laughs> they have drank in all of the Kool-Aid I'm sorry <laughs> the uh uh the, the soy the Soylent they drank the soyland.
0: if I said that I wanted to end my life I would be met with strangers trying to prevent it but if I said I wanted to end my life, but I weren't a human being, people would get a grill and barbecue sauce ready. It's <laughs> disgusting.
1: All those suicidal turkeys on Thanksgiving. What the hell? What?
0: Animals are people too, McLean. What was the last suicidal animal you saw? <laughs> McLean? Well, I I mean, at least they're being logically consistent now. At least they're, like, at least they're going along with this idea they've cooked up that, like, animals and humans are, like, the same, same thing. Same thing, man. It's just, it's only, you know, postmodernism teaches me that the idea that a human being is better than an animal or is somehow morally different, now that's garbage. We're all the same, man. So you're saying cannibalism is okay? Unfortunately, it it ends with being suicidal, so... That's, that is weird. Now... I think it says a lot about r slash that they have a bot that automatically links uh, suicide hotline numbers for every country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering how often this was coming up and someone finally had to put a bot in.
1: That, whatever server is responsible for that bot is working overtime and it's steaming.
0: Oh, here's a, here's a great reply. This is peculiar. As a trans person, I I feel the same. You don't say. Most people won't even consider a relationship with a trans person because of the body nonconformity. You can be a good person, take care of others, be nice and kind and smart, but still, most people will dump you because they're not sure what your genitalia are or what they expected to be. At least don't drink you crazy people, I'm sorry. Oh, response by Lenny King, very well said! On top of that, we belong to the most harmful and destructive species of all, the homo pernicious. See David Benatar's book, The Misanthropic Argument for Antinatalism. Our privilege, which is sometimes referred to as quote-unquote, dignity, is like that of a member of the ruling party in a dictatorship, unwarranted and nothing to be proud of. Oh, I can't wait to be vegan! I can't wait, man.
1: Practicing veganism isn't hard at all. Eating a varied and delicious plant-based diet is easy. Not watching animals be exploited or tortured as entertainment is easy. Not wearing their skin is easy. Not viewing them as commodities is easy. I don't feel like I'm sacrificing anything. My meals, activities I do in my free time, etc. are very fulfilling. Have you ever eaten pizza just like once? Are you sure you don't feel like you're sacrificing anything?
0: User A Boy Named Mary. Mm-hmm. A boy named That Ma- sounds familiar. I hurt myself. <laughs> I'm assuming the transness.
1: I hurt myself today to see if I still <laughs> could feel.
0: I hurt myself just now because I'm stuck in a house filled with animal products and I don't like it. It wasn't very bad, just a few punches and not enough to bleed, but it's still disappointing. It's a bad feeling feeling being around animal products all the time, and I'm avoiding buying food for the fridge so I don't have to be around them. My mom even called me extreme and unhelpful once when I refused to buy animal products for her at the shop. Today, I just felt more affected by all this than usual. Hurting myself was dumb, but I couldn't think of anything else to do in the moment. I'll probably get a bruise, but I'm used to it, and face masks will cover it when I need to go out. I'm moving out this year if I get a job. I can't wait to be vegan. <laughs> huh. All the comments are like, uh, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> oh, gosh. I know that crop deaths are way more minimized by going vegan, but the idea that I still cause death makes me feel guilty. I get deduce that I'm not allowed to eat for pleasure, since I would cause suffering unnecessarily. However, I don't know what the limit is between what I need and what I can avoid. If it's too restrictive, I fail and I end up eating more than I should. I don't know if it's the right place to expose it. It's almost like this person's actually trying, trying to take veganism to its logical endpoint instead of just doing the BS, like, as far as it's practical. Yeah, it's practical for him to only eat when he needs to, so he doesn't cause other deaths. Can't wait to be vegan. Uh, Look up what plants have the least amount of crop dust, and try to eat more of those. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Oh, God. Like, well, he, he's actually being consistent here. He's actually trying to follow this as an actual philosophy, guys. You gotta support him. You gotta support him. Yeah. I've been vegan for a small amount of time now. My mom is worried. She hasn't told me directly she thinks I have an eating disorder, but she pushes me to eat when I don't need to be. She has not done this before and only started since I became vegan. Full body pick, right now. <laughs> Um... She didn't do this when I was vegetarian for two years, so this issue is specific to the veganism. She assumes I have eating issues and deficiencies just because of my vegan status. Today she went shopping and got some vegan replacement items that I didn't ask for. When I acknowledged it, she said, yeah, I got those because you need to eat. I also mentioned I have to figure out what I want to do for food for a camp I'm going to soon that will likely have a limited amount of vegan options. She said, you might just have to suck it up. You have to eat. She didn't say anything like this when my sister brought her own food to the camp because she had food Allergies. My mom always says things like, not everything you read online is true when I talk about vegan statistics, but I'm starting to wonder if some random person on Facebook told her that veganism is an eating disorder and she just treats it like fact. Okay. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, gosh. Yeah, you definitely have an eating- veganism is, by definition, an eating disorder, so yes you do have an eating disorder. Hello everyone, I'm a fairly new vegan. Not even a year ago I was a passionate meat eater. Besides all the shame, anger and sadness after fighting about about the cruelty of animal exploitation, I can't stop torturing myself by reading all the information and news around animal rights, suffering laws, and protection. I literally type in different keywords in Google and go to the news section to find out what the news is. I think I start in the hopes of finding positive stories about animal welfare, but I usually find negative content. I spend three hours a day doing that. Oh no, the doom-scrolling veganism. I even dream about the topics. I'm deeply unhappy. Yeah. Life gives me no joy anymore. I read Dystopia and I've started a bit of online activism. My partner's at least quit eating meat and drinking milk. I even shared Dominion with my closest (laughs) friends. Of course you did. (laughs) I haven't connected to any activists yet because I'm scared of being confronted by angry carnists. I donate around 10% of my salary, but I still can't find peace of mind. I feel like I owe it to the animals to stay up to date with everything done to them. Some days I feel suicidal, I'm not sure if I can stay with my partner if they won't become vegan soon. I'm disgusted by social interactions and people only caring about their jobs and money and vacation when there's mass murder happening on an unimaginable scale. I want humanity to go extinct. I won't ever give birth, but I still want to be happy, even though I don't deserve it since I'm human as well. The v- dystopian doom scrolling is making me miserable. How do I stop without feeling like I failed the animals? I can't wait to become a vegan. Uh, I cannot wait.
1: I I am so thrilled to be a vegan. I wrote this post here. Uh, gardening places. Effing suck D A S full of cruel scumbags. Okay, vegans make being against objectively the worst human caused suffering of all time their entire personality because no one else wants to stop causing it. Non vegan gardeners make murdering innocent animals and putting them in stews their entire personality because I don't know, it's effing cool, I guess. It feels like every time I post, they are making jokes about the innocent wild animals. It is so tasty in a stew. They love it when they show up because they can murder them and put them in stews. Did you know I like to murder people and put them in stews? I love to murder people and put them in stews. I am so cool I love to hurt what is no different than a young human child children, and put them in a stew. I can't stop talking about how much I love murdering innocent people and putting them in stews. Prioritizing pretty flowers over others' lives. I love pretty flowers too, but I don't effing kill people over it. Instead, you let them eat, what's mine is theirs. They need it more than we do. Also, if you let weeds grow in your ugly A lawn, your pest problems would be almost if not entirely fixed. But again, prioritize I hell short grass. Of course, they're going to go for the only effing edible things in your entire property. You stole it from the wild animals. I don't understand what is wrong with normal people. (laughs) He still calls them normal people. That's
0: That's an interesting choice of words there. User Matthew... I've stopped caring about human lives. <laughs> there it is! People, ding ding ding! Ding ding ding! It's funny how in one breath they'll say, Oh, you like eating animals? What if you're eating people? And then the next breath, I've stopped caring about human lives! Huh. When you see people guzzling down corpses every day, and you've made the realization that humans and non-humans aren't all that different, you grow indifferent. I think I've spotted the problem here. I think it's once you assume that humans and non-humans were the same, the same moral thing. I think that's probably why you're on R slash dystopia. <laughs> People around me are dying. People I know are dying, and I don't care. Their lives are no more important than an animal's life, and I've gotten used to animals dying. If anything, I feel a little bit of happy, happiness knowing that a carnist won't be torturing animals anymore can't wait to be a vegan. Replies, user FEDNO, same. If we go extinct, other lives can live way much better. We also are the apex predators. Oh, sorry, no, apex oppressors and slavers. Even minorities that ask so much for rights and not to be oppressed, fail to not oppressing others themselves, which is disgusting. Parentheses, I am a minority just to let you know I'm not doing a hate speech. A hate speech. Another reply by Agitated Prisoner. I don't know any good people. Vegans don't eat animals. Great. Not doing stuff doesn't make life worthwhile. Everyone I meet is just plain mean. The carnists are mean. The vegans I meet are mean. Right now, the local Democrats are planning a crab feed because apparently we should celebrate crab fishing. People suck. I'd love to make at least one real friend before I die. <laughs> Response to that by Pound Cake Batter i love to pound cake batter, man! Every day! <laughs> Just guzzle it down! You and me both, it's practically impossible to tell who is good once you escape the notion that goodness always equals kindness. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's funny to me, McLean, that this philosophy is so morally right and ethical. I, I have found the most moral and ethical way to live, and now I want to commit suicide and I want everyone around me to die. Hmm. Mm. No, no, no! That makes total sense. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. No, Sorry. Yeah, what was yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. Ah, what was I doing? What was I doing? Get out! That's the meat I used to eat, clogging up my brain again. This, those meat clogged pores of mine. I'm so sick of that. Jake, you, you freak. Uh, I officially have zero friends, I've never had many friends, my only real friends were my online ones, and I think I've lost them now too, I was close to them and it just hurts, I don't know what to do, i no one in real life or online to talk to, nobody my age is vegan and it hurts, uh huh. Carnism is more like a religion than veganism. This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. I started stewing on it after my father said, veganism is like a religion. And I've been thinking about this more and more recently because he knew how non-religious I was. Uh, sure. I propose that carnism is more like religion than veganism. All right, so. Carnism is by far and large by far and large, practiced by the majority, with both vegetarianism and veganism being fringe. In the same way that Christianity is the norm in most societies, it's also true that carnism... (laughs) A lot of people do it, therefore religion. Sure. (laughs) All right, dude, now define what a cult is, and tell me again that veganism is a fringe movement. (laughs) <laughs> this is great logic, okay. 2. Not only is the mistreatment to carnist imps well hidden, we have to utilize hidden cameras to show the horrors of farming, but it's also well protected. This is exemplified by how carnist products are sold to carnists, utilizing happy im em- What's that? I- are you saying it's like the Catholic Church or something? Hiding, like, misconduct? I don't- Number 3. Science agrees that animals are sentient beings. They feel pain, fear, joy, and love. They suffer from horrors we inflict on them. Carnists allow themselves to convene. Oh, okay. So, so carnism is like religion because it's anti-science. I didn't realize that science could tell me about morality and ethics. I thought science was just a method of observing theories and facts. I didn't didn't realize that anything to tell me philosophically. But all right. Well, carnism, McLean, it's the cult that they're trying to warn us about. So there you go. There you go. Carnism's a cult. Oh, uh, don't forget, but tradition—we've always done it this way. But my ancestors. But the Bible says animals are here for us to eat. My parents. No, no, no. no. Me that science says that.
1: But my science says.
0: <laughs> try, try accepting more science into your life, McLean. You bigot. All right. Not very scientific of you. Trust the science. Mm. Put your faith in science, McLean. Science died for you, okay? Listen to me. (laughs) This person found a button that says, I'm vegan, but it's okay if you're not. No, it's not okay! (laughs) Okay. Well, it's been a great episode
1: of West Bros, but unfortunately my my rapidly approaching death is coming on more rapidly than I expected.
0: Uh oh, (laughs) McLean. it's only uh, 2 AM where you're at. Are you, are you, hey, are you not in this for the rights of the animal? I think it's the meat. The meat is making me sluggish. (laughs) It's the meat, Jake. Well, oh my gosh. Oh my, this person wrote a book. This tranny wrote a book. It's basically a suicide note.
1: Oh goodness.
0: Yeah. Well, Drake. I don't want to read. I this. leave you <laughs> this is
1: so long. I leave you with this. There once was oh, a pig saying to yeah, the moon. Big, never mind. You're telling me a pig sang to this moon? A pig who
0: sang to the moon, my no, friend. He sang to the moon. His mouth was slightly agape, and the moon was in the vicinity. He was singing to that moon.
1: The vegan
0: the, pig the turkey sang to the moon. Do you not understand what I am telling oh, you? Oh I
1: get it now. Boy, don't I feel like a piece of crap. <laughs> Alright.
0: Maybe we'll think twice next time before telling me that pig didn't sing to the moon, okay? Silly me. Veganbootcamp.org. Oh there's a nice little ad for veganbootcamp.org where I take a vegan 30-day challenge. This man is nuzzling a cow. This is the gayest thing I've ever seen. This is the least boot camp thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the gayest thing I've ever seen. All right. Uh,
1: all right, well, with that, um, uh, uh, don't eat meat because you're, you're eating women. But also, that's okay because no one cares about humans. All right,
0: see you later. Oh, Good, now McLean's gone. Thank goodness. That animal abusing idiot is gone. Alright, I cooked up some soybean burgers that I can enjoy by myself. Without that bigot around me because humans are evil and stupid and I ate them all. Ah, uh, you know. Hmm. Oh, you well, know, Soy, I prefer usually to just eat it right off the bean. I don't want to process it. I don't want it made palatable at all. I prefer the disgusting raw soybean. Oh, mm. But this beyond meat, I'm going beyond taste right now, I'll tell you that much. Oh, boy. Ah, where did... I'm out of sort. Did McLean take my last jug of sorrel? McLean! Beef stroganoff, beef bourguignon, Irish beef stew, beef brisket, Chateaubriand, sour brotten, roast beef, Catalonian beef ragu, Mongolian beef, chicken fried steak, Steak Diane, grilled steaks balsamico, hamburgers, sizzling beef, spicy braised beef, barbecued beef ribs, beef wellington, pepper beef, beef jerky, beef with broccoli, beef burritos, beef fajitas, beef tacos, Do you see where I'm going with this? Beef, it's what's for dinner.